Dear sister, got German going on here. That's about as much as I know. We have Spanish, Buenos Dias going on. Guten Morgen uh, is uh, the German for good morning. And of course, then there's good old howdy, how y'all doing, which is Brazilian. And uh, glad for that very much so. So anyway, we are going to wrap up, I think, today. The uh, this book of Second Peter, chapter three. I might stretch it till tomorrow because I want to cover some uh, other views, end time views. We're going to unfold some things here, uh, and tomorrow I might just extend one more day, just because it's not not what's today. Today's only Wednesday. Wow. Well, maybe we will. We'll see. We'll know 
whatever we have tomorrow, we'll have, right? So um, I've been thinking about the, the various end time views, and, and we tend to think there's just one view. Well, there's like four different views uh, of the end times uh, Christian views, uh, and they all have merit. And, uh, you know, some people are only taught one, and they end up thinking that's the only one that there is. Now, why am I talking about that? Because of the title of today's text, which I've made also the title of today's broadcast, The Day of the Lord Will Come. And uh, Peter talks about why, just exactly why he has uh, written these things. And, and he says to us in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1, Dear friends, uh, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate, stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I mean, Peter is writing on purpose. He's writing to stir them up and how they live for Christ. He's writing uh, to them to encourage them to, to do good things. He's writing to them to encourage them to think good thoughts. Uh, He's writing to them that they might be prepared for the day of the Lord. He's writing to them that they may be a witness. So he says here in verse 1, he said, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. It's interesting. It's the end of the letter. He's now saying this. Instead of at the beginning, Dear friends, this is now my second letter. He's toward the end of the letter. And uh, remember, this uh, these letters didn't have chapters and verses like we have now. So it would have flowed like a letter. And he's just simply saying before he concludes, look, I'm writing these things because I want to stimulate your spirituality. That is why I am writing these things. He goes on in verse 2 and says, I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. And uh, so he's he's wanting them to, to think about and. For you, the same thing. I'm wanting you to think about what what we've heard in the Old Testament. And again, I, I asked this question, you know, are we prepared? And and, it, it, and I need to research if there is a book. Maybe Don could Google this. Is sharing, uh, sharing the gospel through the Old Testament. Is, is there a book by that title, uh, a booklet by that title, a publication by that title, sharing the gospel through the Old Testament or witnessing through the Old Testament. Uh, if we didn't have the New Testament, but yet we knew about Jesus, as was the case in those early days, uh, would we be prepared to uh, share Christ just simply out of the Old Testament? Do we know the Old Testament well enough that... Uh, that we could take that tact. That that's the question I'm asking here, uh, because Peter says this. You recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets. Do we know the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, well enough to to be able to uh, even even share what's yet to come? Through the Old Testament, there are things in the book of Daniel that reference. There are things in the book of Joel that reference uh, things yet to come. There are things in Isaiah that reference things yet to come. Do we, you know, are are, are we grounded enough to to know these things? And you can do all kind. You you can go, 
You know, we have a wonderful tool we can use, especially those of us who live in areas where we have good internet and good technology at this point. Now, friends, someday the internet could go bye-bye. You never know. What what if the internet just came crashing down? Would, would we even know how to live anymore? And I'm challenged by that myself because I've come to rely on the internet so strongly, and, and all of us have come to rely on the internet so strongly. You know, do, do, would we know where to go in our Bibles to find these things? How to share Christ in the Old Testament? How to share the coming events? What is yet future from the Old Testament? And so Peter says to people, he says, I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets uh, and the command of our Lord and Savior through your apostles. apostles were teaching about these things. Peter himself, an apostle, teaching about these things. And he, he goes on and says this, verse 3, first of all, you must understand the last day scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. Now, just, just what do we mean by a scoffer? I, I think they're minimally Two classifications of scoffers, uh, and one would be the Christian scoffer. The other is the non-Christian scoffer. There, there are those, uh, and I would, I would think verse three is the non-Christian scoffer, scoffing and following their own evil desires. Uh, it, here in verse three. Um, I certainly think that references those uh, who are not Christians because hopefully Christians aren't just simply following their own desires. That's not to say we don't have them. It's not to say we're not tempted by them. But uh, as Christians, hopefully uh, our desire is to follow Christ and not our own evil desires. So there's the non-Christian scoffer who will say, yeah, 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 you Christians talk about the coming of Christ. Yeah, 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 you Christians talk about the day of the Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. You Christians talk about, you know, we need to be ready, so on and so forth. We don't believe it. It's not going to happen. We should live for today. We should live for ourselves because this whole heaven thing is not real. And that's what they would say, this whole Jesus return. Or they, or they might even say, we believe in heaven. We just don't believe in the God that you believe in who created such a heaven. We believe in a different heaven where everything is just, um, you know, uh, marshmallow fluff and peanut and peanut butter cream that's that that's you know that's what we think uh and, and the world is soft the world is tasty and, and it's sweet and all those types of things um there are those who would, might believe in heaven in that way but not the christian heaven that that the bible teaches about then on top of that i think that there are christian scoffers there are those of us who've been lulled into thinking, well, it's been 2,000 years now since Christ has come, and you know, uh, or, or and he hasn't come back yet, and so why should we be worried about it? I mean, it seems like it's a long way off before he's going to come, and uh, that that is the view. Now, um, I, I want to just suggest to you two different basic frames of thought some teachers uh, tend to only stick to the one view and never never even discuss the fact that there are 
more than one view. And uh, uh, as an example, Dr. David, Dr. David Jeremiah, whom I have uh, utmost respect for, uh, you know, he he teaches a, a what is called a dispensational view. He teaches a premillennial view. He teaches a pre-tribulational view. Uh, and what that means is there's going to be a seven-year period of suffering called the tribulation that will come. And I've, I've always tended to lean this way myself. Um, and before that happens, the rapture will be taken. The church will be taken out. We won't have to go through all that suffering. There'll be new believers who come to faith in Christ during that time. And, and there's there's certainly teaching for for that camp. And, and at the end of that seven-year period of Christ, Christ will come down out of heaven. He will bring those who were taken up with him back to the earth and he'll form a kingdom on this earth that will last a thousand years. That is one view. That's that's what we call a premillennial view. Another view, and then, then there are various different subsets of this, is a, a postmillennial view. There are those who believe that we are going through a millennial uh, kingdom right now where Christ reigns in the hearts of his believers uh, and and we live, uh, you know, the, the wheat and the tares live together uh, and at the very end, Christ will return and will bring his judgment uh, at the end of that time. Uh, and uh, what about the tribulation? Uh, the thought is that the tribulation will come toward the end of that time. There is no rapture from the tribulation. It's a post-millennial view. Uh, we will go through the tribulation, and at, at the at the very end, Christ will come. Uh, we have already lived through the millennial kingdom. The tribulation comes at the end of the millennial kingdom. Uh, Christ returns, and judgment comes. That's a view. Then, then there's an amillennial view that just says there is no millennial kingdom. Uh, you know, Christ returns, brings judgment, and that's it. Uh, new heaven, new earth, and that's an amillennial view. And there are good teachers who who teach from any one of those uh, positions, um, and all bring hope in different ways. If we're living in the millennium uh, now, when Christ returns, yeehaw. I mean, that's the end of it all. And, you know, uh, uh, we'll get more into that perhaps maybe tomorrow. But just, just for you to think about, you, you could do a study. What are, the, what, what are the primary eschatological views of the end times? And you could do a little Google search on that. And there's all kinds of different things you can read about. Uh, and uh, there, there, there's more than one view. I, for many Christians, things like left behind popularize what's called the pre-tribulational, pre-millennial, pre-tribulational view. Um, that particular book series, movie series, and whatnot. But that is only one view. In fact, teachers would tell you that is a more modern view uh, in the last 100, 150 years. Uh, and, and the prevailing view prior to that time uh, did not include those things. In fact, the, the idea of the rapture is a more modern idea. They would tell you, and we think, well, P Christians have always thought these things. Uh, no, uh, there's developing theology uh, through the lens of Scripture. Now, there's there is uh, 
neo theology, uh, a theology that is not necessarily based on scripture, but based on human thought. Then there is theology that is people think about and, and, and discuss and understand both theology of scripture as well as the theology that's been developing throughout all of time, especially in the what we'd call the age of the church or the time since Christ and theology has been developing their different views. However, what begins to happen are there are views that, that go against scripture. And we see that with a progressive Christian movement, um, which I stand opposed to, which uh, is an inclusivist view uh, of sexuality uh, that I, I reject because uh, I think it goes against scripture. Um, anyway, let, let's let's keep going. Let's talk about scoffers. Scoffers, Christian, the non-Christian scoffer. There is there is not going to be any rapture. You Christians are holding out to something's never going to happen. There is no tribulation. Yada yada yada. And then the Christians who go, it hasn't happened yet. So we become kind of lackadaisical uh, in living our life. We become lackadaisical in sharing the gospel. Uh, we become lackadaisical in 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 you know walking with Jesus. Because we get soft because it hasn't happened yet, or because we want to have the best uh, best of life that we could have right now, and uh, you know, heaven would certainly interrupt that. Verse three said, first of all, you must understand the last day scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. Uh, they will say, where is this coming? He promised ever since our fathers died, everything goes on since it has since the beginning. And I mean, I just said those things and this is exactly what Peter is saying. He says, but they deliberately forget that long ago, God, by God's word, the heavens existed, the earth was formed out of water and by water. They forget what God did and they lay that aside. Now, I got to go back. Don did fine for us, and uh, I, I don't want to be remiss and, and not include what uh, what Don has found for us here. Um, he did find uh, a reference living in the light of inex inextinguishable hope the gospel according to joseph uh it's a gospel according to uh, the old testament now I, I i don't know if i can recommend that book or or not recommend that book because i i just i don't know i haven't read it myself but i, I just asked don to do a quick search to see if there are any guides or books uh, and we could look at amazon as well you know, how to share the gospel from the old testament so um this might be a, I don't know, but there's an example and to be prepared to share Christ from the Old Testament, to get to know Jesus well enough that, that we're able to go to the Old Testament and and teach Jesus from the Old Testament. Just, just the thoughts um, that I'm having uh, to encourage us, as Peter says, out of this passage here. They said they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, some people would say, we don't even believe God's word. So what does it even matter? We don't trust that book. Uh, that's a man-made device. That Man wrote that book. Well, man wrote that. Yes, we believe that. We'd agree with that statement. But he was guided by the Holy Spirit. 
to, in the original languages, get each and every word that God wanted. We, we would say that. Yeah, it is a, a book written by men in that way. Um, now, uh, through God's word, Peter continues and said, By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By that same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of godly men. Do we understand? Do we understand the power of God's word? God spoke and all things came into existence. He spoke this thing, then he spoke that thing, and he, all that exists is spoken into existence by God's word. God spoke and brought the flood, the catastrophic Noahic flood was brought by the word of God. And then Peter says, by the same word, by God's powerful word, God's ability to speak and make things happen, by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly men. We don't like to talk about such words. We like to be more soft, but the Bible talks about things like fire. We we don't want that preaching with fire and brimstone, you know. Well, guess what? I mean, there are truths that are in the Bible that we need to continue to understand and to proclaim and among them the idea of fire a day of judgment the destruction of ungodly men you know and this this kind of begs the question what about an ungodly christian well an ungodly christian is somebody who is legitimately trusted in christ they really really truly have trusted in christ but are living totally for their flesh Peter, uh, Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let, let me take you over there for just a moment. I want you to see uh, what this says. Uh, hold on. Verse 13, in fact, verse 12 says, If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he built survives, he'll receive his reward. And then verse 15, if it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. I mean, there is, there are the flames. Uh, there it is. There's this aspect of judgment. The flames even here, yes, we, we escape. The person escapes. The, the person makes heaven by the grace of God, by the merit of Jesus, but barely. I don't want to be that barely type person. How about you? I want to be the person who uh, gets a rich, warm welcome because of how I have tried to live for Christ and to make a difference for Christ. Verse 8. 
Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. We live our lives. I'm not going to get through this passage today. <laughs> we live our lives, uh, and we forget that, you know, God doesn't live within the same time parameters that we live in. God doesn't live in the same space parameters. He is beyond time. He is beyond space. Um, his time is not our time. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Uh, his uh, makeup is not our makeup. His constitution, and I'm not talking illegal, I'm not talking American, I'm talking makeup, is not the same as our constitution, not at all. And he's not on our timetable. You ever realize that, ever, know, ever notice that in your own personal life, that God operates on his own timetable? He will make all things beautiful in its time, and, and we're called simply to continue to trust him for all that he will do. I think it's critical for us to know this verse 8. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. So as we're praying for different things and saying, Lord, I need an answer today. Well, his today is different than our today. So, you know, we're on a 24-hour day. He's on an eternal day. And so his answer might be in six months. His answer might be in a year. His answer might be at some other time. I think it's critical to know that uh, God's timetable is not the same as ours. And then in verse 9, he says this. He says, the Lord is not slow keeping his promise. Some understand slowness because he's on his own timetable. Uh, he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He is waiting. He is holding. Uh, he's holding back. He is reserving himself. He is he is wanting people to come to repentance. He's giving people an opportunity. He's giving people a chance. Now, when it says he he wants everyone to come to repentance, this is speaking of the desire of God, not the forceful will of God. He is not willing people to perish. He is not, nor is he willing people to come to repentance, we still have our own human agency. We still have our own human free will. We still need to make up our own minds whether we will follow Christ or not. God desires for people to come to repentance. God desires for people to come to faith, but he's not forcing his will. He's waiting. He's waiting for your friends. He's waiting for your family. He may be waiting for you to say yes to him. Maybe you've not said yet to, yes to him yet. Uh, maybe you're a non-Christian listening to this broadcast at some point in time. Come to faith in Christ today. Repent. Turn, turn from dependency on self to dependency on God. Acknowledge your sinner. Acknowledge your need of God's grace. Acknowledge your need of God's forgiveness and kindness. Don't wait. Don't delay. 
Because the very next verse says this, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Verse, 13, verse uh, 11 says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? And, and I'm going to stop there. What kind of people ought you to be? What kind of person ought you to be as a Christian? How should these truths impact how we live? What kind of person should you be as a non-Christian? Should turn to Christ. Um, there's much to talk about. This idea of the thief. You don't, you don't know when the thief is going to come. We don't know when Christ is going to come. So we live on guard. We live prepared. We live ready by making our relationship with Christ real and right and living in constant faith in him. So there's another book title there in the, in the, uh, in the comments uh, from today's broadcast that you can look at, uh, uh, Preaching Christ Old Testament, and, and there's, there's some books that are there. I, and I, I'm going to take a look at some of those and see, just wondering if somebody needs to write a book, How to Share Christ in the Old Testament, that's more layman's type of, uh, not so heavy, but just, here are verses, that, and here how, here's how they point to Christ so you can share Christ with somebody from the Old Testament. Well, friends, it's time to wrap up this broadcast. We will continue 2 Peter chapter 3 tomorrow, uh, since I didn't get through it today. And uh, we'll try to wrap up the book. And uh, may we all be inspired to live for Christ as a result of the teaching of the Word of God. Lord, help us to glorify you in how we live today. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.